Yeah, that's beautiful. Come on. It just struck me when I saw it. Oh, wow.
Oh, the blessed hope that we have in the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so may we find and take great comfort in you today, Lord, and the days to come. May we not grow weary in doing good, for we know in the due season we will reap a harvest if we faint not. So God, we thank you for another opportunity to gather, to open up your word, to be encouraged, Father. And so may we fix our eyes upon you this morning. Yes. And you bless our time of fellowship and the reading of your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You were bought with a price. Yes. Your life is not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 through 20. <clears throat> Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. You do not belong to yourself. If you're truly in Christ, you are a new creation. It's a whole new way of life. You came to Christ, not in and of your own doing, but all through Christ, His doing. Everything about your Christian life is Christ. It's his doing. It's Jesus. He's the one that initiated via the Holy Spirit (laughs) drawing you to repentance. You would have never prayed to receive Christ or even to repent if he never drew you. So even your own little prayer isn't even of your doing, it's of Christ. Everything about your new relationship with God, everything about your new identity in Christ is all through Christ. We must remember that even before the world was formed, you were thought of. <laughs> he prepared you. He knows you intimately. Before He placed you in your mother's womb, He created you in the secret place. <laughs> And you were brought forth from your mother's womb at the appointed time. And you would take your last breath at the appointed time. But through this time and through all eternity, Jesus, he is the giver of life. He's the author of life. And he steps into this temporal life of ours and reveals to us the hope of eternity. You see, within every being, every man and woman, boy and girl, every human being birthed on this earth, there is an emptiness inside them that they long for eternity. It's because God has placed that in us. (laughs) Because ultimately we are eternal beings. We're not temporal beings or temporal while we're on this earth. But this is not the last stop. When you take your last breath, if you're in Christ, you are ushered into his presence. And if you're not in Christ, then you are told to depart from him. Mm. You worker of sin. You who are continuing a slave to sin. That is what you chose to master you. And so for eternity, you are in hell. 
a place that was prepared for Satan and his demons. And yet this is what you've chosen. Because your heart remained in complete rebellion towards a loving God. Jesus. God is pleased to reveal himself to us through his son Jesus. God through the Holy Spirit draws us to repentance because of his loving kindness. And in the end, because of what Christ accomplished for us, he took upon our wrath and laid upon us his righteousness. Now we are in right standing with God the Father. We are now at peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I can't say that scripture, Romans 5, 1, enough. Mm. Now therefore you are at peace with God through Jesus Christ your Lord. Do we truly grasp that? This peace with our Creator, the very one that we've ran from, the very one we pull away from, the very one that we blame, the very one that we accuse, the very one that we're mad at, we hold up our fists at when things don't go our way. Oh no, that's not how we're to treat a holy God. Oh no, He's holy. Your flesh wants nothing more than to rebel against Him. But when you are awakened to truth, when the blinders have been taken off, when you've breathed in life, eternal life, not just waiting till you get to heaven, but experiencing it here and now, when you realize you're living differently now, an opposite opposite day every day because the kingdom of God is not not anything like what we know and what we've understood in this temporal world. And I've been speaking to a few people this week about this concept of understanding that this new life in which we're living, we can't even find it in the temporalness of this life. So we're not to keep longing for the temporalness of this life. The relationships of the of this life, the temporal gather, you know, the, the material things of this life. Yes, those are nice to have, and yes, God has given those to us, but those aren't the things that we're longing for. We're not finding our identity in them any longer. Mm-hmm. We're not finding our identity in our bank accounts. We're not finding our identity in our health yeah. and these temporal bodies. That you can do everything, all you want, all day long to remain healthy, but you can step outside and get ran over by a truck. Yes. Maimed. This is all temporal. So we're not putting anything into the temporal, especially as Christians, because now we're living from an eternal perspective. And from that eternal perspective, we're honoring God with the things that we do in the temporal. So then that God is revealed to those who are still bound to the temporalness of, their, of this life because their eyes are blinded still by Satan. And when we warfare, we're not warring as Christians from the other side in the temporal realm. No, we're warring from the eternal realm. Because our identity now is in Christ. 
and the engagement in spiritual warfare is quite differently in the kingdom of God than it is in the temporal realm. We can't look at warfare with a temporal mindset. Because the temporal mindset sees that we're already that we're defeated, that there's just a huge mountain before us. All the enemies are surrounding us. But from an eternal mindset, from one who is in Christ, when we do spiritual warfare, where we're praying and we're moving from a place of victory that Christ already won. This is our confident hope. And so when we engage in warfare, we first and foremost recognize as Christians that the battle is not ours. It is the Lord's. And He's already won it. And so we are engaging now from an eternal perspective, living out in a temporal world behind enemy lines, claiming what's already been established for us, Mm. and living it out. And pronouncing it as the light goes forth into the darkness. And the confidence that we have is not in ourselves, not the scriptures that we memorize, and the anointing that we think we carry, and how much oil we have in our pockets, or anything else. It's in Christ and in Christ alone. It's all Christ. So we must strip us of ourselves. And we must put on Christ yes. daily. We are His hands, we are his, we are his feet, we are His mouthpiece. And so we go forth maturing and growing in Christ. Loving Christ, knowing Christ. It's all Jesus, you all. We're not adding to or not taking away. That's why the enemy comes in trying to strip Jesus down, trying to get Christians called up and, and making it about themselves, church about themselves, how they like it, how they want it, what they want to believe, what they don't want to believe. We'll take a little bit of this and we'll leave out a little bit of that. And we'll just keep doing what we're doing because it just feels right and it just feels natural and it just feels good. And you're on your way to hell. Mm. Oh, we have to wake up. We have to wake up. God will not be mocked, no matter how religious you want to look, no matter how holy you want to pretend, no matter what good service you do. There's a lot of good people in the name of Christ doing good service, but they're not in heaven. Some of the some of your main people that you've heard all your life, you think, oh, they must be saints in heaven. No, no, they're in hell. Because you can look back and see what they taught and what they believed, and they taught they believed doctrines of demons. Mm. Confusing people, leading people astray, turning people from God, making it about religious works. And lest we forget what Paul told, told the church, you make it about works, you're cut off from Christ. Mm-hmm. So don't get mad at me. <laughs> but this is just a reality. We ought not to play games. You are born again of a new nature. If you're truly in Christ, you've been born again. And now you're growing and you're maturing in this newness because it's so contrary 
to how, how you've lived. Because you're dead now. We don't come to Christ and put Jesus on our lives and like, okay, now look. Now it's just, he's just a guru. He's just this. He's just a good teacher. Oh, look, this, this, and this, and that. And we just do all this weird stuff that we do with Jesus. That's not the Christian life. It'll make you feel good maybe on this side of heaven, but you're not going to feel good while you're burning for eternity in hell. Apart from him. That's why we must know him. This loving God, this creator who purposed us, who knows us, who loves us, who's pleased to reveal himself to us, who took upon our wrath. And do we forget why he took upon that wrath? Lest you forget, let me remind us, because there had to be a payment for sin. Sin, you all. We were born into sin. A sinful nature. Rebellious and rebellion towards a loving God. Living however we want. Worshipping however we want. Doing whatever we want. Running amok however we want. And we're so far from God. Oh, we better wake up. Last week I spent the majority of our time exposing sin. And it's just getting darker, you all. That's why we must be born again. Our religious habits are no value to us. If they're truly not who we are. You can do all the religious works you want. You can pray for however long you want. You can write. You can journal. You can read all the scripture you want. You can go to church every day. You can do whatever. But it's not truly who you are because you've been born again. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Just yet another idol. Yeah. Because the sin in your life... Mm-hmm. There's not repentance, you're just masking it. No, true repentance. A sincere regret and remorse. Oh, I see how wicked I am. I see how I am in rebellion towards your throne. Oh, you are holy. I'm unholy. I'm unclean. And there's nothing in me that can fix me. I deserve your wrath. I deserve your punishment. I deserve to be banished from your presence. Mm. And yet the loving God steps in and steps down and says, Come to me. He reveals this nature, and then he reveals his son, who is now going to be sacrificed for us. Lest you forget, lest you forget, 
The God in whom you say you love, the God in whom you say you serve, the God in whom you say is the Lord of your life, do you realize from the beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, because sin is destructive, there's nothing that good comes from your sinful appetite of your old nature. Nothing good comes from it. So when Eve was tempted, and even before the enemy spoke, she had already fallen. Mm. Because she gazed too long on that fruit. Mm. She already said in her heart, it looked good. So the enemy didn't have to come along and try to persuade her too much because in and of herself she already said, that looks good. Mm. So the enemy just come on in and said, did God really say? Mm. Sorry, you can't just keep blaming the enemy for everything. Yeah. Oh, he, he is our enemy and he's a great enemy. In, in and of yourself, you cannot stand against him. He's already your master. If you're not in Christ, he's your father. Mm-hmm. He's blinded you. He's leading you to destruction. And then Adam comes along. Instead of standing up for what is right, he gets right in, bites right into it. Before you know it, sin. Sin. God hates sin. God's wrath is stored up. He poured it out on Jesus, but there's another wrath of coming. It's stored up. And there's an appointed hour, an appointed day, it's going to be unleashed upon this earth and swallow up all who are still in rebellion towards Him. All who are not in Christ. That's, again, we forget God steps into the garden. Adam, Eve, where are you? He knew where they were. But there's something about stepping out. And they even tried to cover themselves, lest you forget. It's like we do. See, the nature, it's just, if we would just be, if our eyes would truly be open, we would truly see how ignorant and foolish we are. Just stupid people. Just people who are just ignorant and being played by ourselves. Remember, you're bent for your destruction. You, yourself, and you. Me, myself, and I. We are bent for our destruction. So, And we feast off of it. I keep seeing all this craziness going on in this world and with family members. And I'm like, dear God, please open their eyes. They think they're wise. But oh God. So they try to cover themselves. In and of themselves, them trying to cover themselves, because now they knew they were naked. Yes. Now all of a sudden, shame is introduced. It's a vicious cycle, you all. 
how did God correct him? He disciplined them. He removed them. But before removing them, he covered them. There had to be bloodshed. From the beginning, he's shown us what was to come. You see it all now, and you just go through the, New, the Old Testament and see the constant, ongoing, we, we talked about them on Friday night, this ongoing sacrifice that the priests had to make for the, the, the nation of Israel, even for their own sins. But nothing satisfied. Until the final sacrifice, the final lamb, the true lamb of God, the Messiah, the one who was spoke about back in the garden when God said to the enemy, though there's coming one. And he's going to crush your head. This Messiah that would come to save mankind. And you just go out and preach that and see how much you're hated today. So years ago, you could probably kind of got away with it. Talked about Jesus, so I can live a righteous life, you know, live and, you know, do good. And people don't care, whatever. Oh, but darkness, darkness has overtaken you all. Oh, no. Oh, no. Darkness has overtaken. I mean, if you're not listening to the media, which I would encourage you not to spend too long listening to them, but if you haven't listened to this week, hear what the news media in your nation is saying about you if you truly call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ. You're a threat. You're a threat to this nation. It's being spewed out. Oh, you can't make this up. You can't make it up. Go listen to it. They're telling you what they think about you. They're inciting. But... We wrestle not with flesh and blood. There's a whole different principality and rulers Mm -hmm. and a realm that is displaying itself. And I read this meme to Carrie the other day. It said the enemy used to hide in the dark. But now he's flaunting himself every which way and we just call it entertainment. Mm -hmm. He's just luring people left and right, left and right, left and right. I mean, for goodness sakes, again, the cunning and the craftiness of the enemy. He's not greater than our God. But we better understand that as the church, we are behind enemy lines. And our entanglement with him, our entanglement with our flesh, our little giddiness (laughs) with the world system, you think God's honoring that? You think God is pleased with that? Like, you understand what God had to do because of sin. He crushed his own son. Killed him. He endured what you deserved. And we're still mocking him. We're so, oh, because, you know, it's okay. Oh, come on, don't take it so seriously. Not everything is spiritual. I'm okay to do this. Oh, really? Where? Where do you see that it is okay to do it? 
Where is it that you see it's okay to continue to live a life claiming Christ, but still bound to the flesh? And then you say, but didn't you say last week, doesn't Scripture say, well, we're still going to sin? Yes, but if that's your excuse to keep on sinning, something's wrong with your theology. Because a Christian life, you're not out there purposely sinning, choosing to say, oh, I can get away with this. It's okay for me. No. When a Christian does sin, it's like, oh, oh, I don't belong here anymore. Ah, God, I'm sorry. You see, we don't have to get walling around the shame, blame, and all that weird stuff that we do. Now, we've got to pull away from God. We've got to try to cover ourselves. and All that weird stuff that we do. No, because if we truly know Christ, we already know what He's accomplished for us. And so we can throw it off. We can repent. We can throw it off. And we can move forward. Not bound to it. And so we see this, and we we have to have an understanding of this if we're going to continue to live victoriously in in this present age, in the age to come. I mean, these teachers, these well-known authors, these well-known Christian pastors, all these people, like, my God, they're falling left and right, left and right, left and right, left and right. For God's sake, I'm not even naming names. Dear God Almighty... I said, Lord Jesus. This one man just used to be so solid. I don't know. It's like, God, what in the world? Now he's talking about how the Holy Spirit is a female. And now he's carrying on about this and that. And starting talking about all this weird stuff. I'm like, what happened? When do you wake up and begin to to teach all this weird stuff and all your people just goes along with it? Like, you think I'm kidding you all. Like, if you don't really understand. And I think that's why the enemy works overtime to keep us ignorant. Yes. To keep us bound to our own lives, our own miserable circumstances, and oh. Because if we stay bound, then we're not, we're not effective for the kingdom. Like, where's the people of God? God has a remnant of His people in every generation. And they know that their lives are no longer their own. He has redeemed them. He has purchased them. He has called them out of darkness. They don't don't make their Christian life about them. It's all about Him. That's why they're not puffed up. That's why they don't need big platforms. They just go about their day in and day out just living and loving and serving Christ by living among others, serving others, and loving them as Christ would have. Not watering down His message. Not trying to twist it to appease people and their little gods that they're serving. No, no. (laughs) But just walking upright. Confident, not in and of themselves, but in the one in whom they call upon. I saw this mockery. I don't know. I don't know what y'all are watching. But dear God, there's this new trend where people go, oh, I'm, I'm a Floridian. Of course I blah, blah, blah. And they, and they do whatever. Well, I'm like, this new one. 
Of course I used to be a Christian. And then I began to talk. Of course, I, of course I'm a pastor's child. But I, I had these same-sex desires. Of course I went to purity talks. Ha ha ha. But yeah, no problem with me. I wasn't looking at men. I was looking at those women. I said, all right, girl, look at you. But you're on your way to hell. I hope all those desires make you feel really good. They're just, you should see the craziness. And then you say, well, what's the big deal of that? The big deal of that, you know, where a lot of this generation and even adults are spending their time on TikTok, on social media. And you got all these people. And so people who are really in Christ are looked at as the people you ought to stay away from. Because they're dangerous. They're dangerous. This is what they're being told. Over and over and over. And yet, and yet, it's okay to have teenagers half-dressed, running amok on TikTok, basically porn, and everyone applauds it. (laughs) You get all this other junk that's out there that is destroying the lives of people. And no one says anything. It's applauded. Ha ha ha. It's cute. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at the revenue they're making. Look at this. Look at that. You have all these TikTokers out there. All these YouTubers. All this this whole realm of social media. Everyone's applauding. Everyone's excited over it. And people spend hours Hours. Hours. The churches, you all. The churches. God help us. Listen, you all. <laughs> Open up your Bible. He tells us what's coming. <clears throat> the days are getting more evil. God hates sin. There's no other way around it. There's nothing to go along with or to compromise with it. Or it's not that bad. We better wake up. And we better start understanding what it means to grow as a Christian what it means to do spiritual warfare from a place of victory. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Because it's relearning everything you've known. And if that's not happening in your Christian life, then I promise you, you're not a Christian. And you say, well, how can you say that, Pastor? Because it's not my words. (laughs) It's Jesus's. Take it up with him. He's the one who says, you're going to follow me? You consider the cost. Because it's going to cost you everything. You can't cling to all these earthly relationships. You keep putting them before me. You're not even fit to be my disciple. You put your hand to the plow and you keep gazing back. You're not fit for my kingdom. He doesn't pull any punches. But yet we make him this guru. 
Yet we make him this weird. Oh, he, he understands. And that's the most craziest thing. That's why that commercial that was aired, he understands us, is the most demonic thing that can ever be presented. As if, in his understanding, he's okay with what we're doing. Because he gets us. Yeah. He understands us. He gets us. He knows. Uh, what? Now he came because he does get us. Because he knows. He knows good and well what's going to happen. Unless you think that those images of these people washing the feet and oh, he gets us because that's what Jesus would have done. Jesus never washed the sinner's foot. Mm. That's true. That's he washed those that he called out to himself, mm -hmm. the disciples. You say, well, they were sinners. Oh, yes, they were. <laughs> but they, he called them out. They had left everything. And yet one was still the devil, and he knew. That's a whole different sermon. Teach on it, brother. Go on now. Come on. Because he was purposed. Judas was purposed from the beginning. That's why Jesus says, I never lost one but the one. It was purposed. <coughs> no, the sinner washed Jesus' feet when she came into the house. Yes, Oh, we got to wake up, you all. we got to stop being embarrassed about our God. we got to stop acting as if he's not who he is. He's a great God. Full of loving kindness and tender mercies. He's slow to anger. It is his desire and will that none shall perish. Again, he crushed his own son... So that we might experience life yes. eternally with him. So we have to wake up, you all. Sin is destructive. God hates it. It can't continue to be what's mastering us. Again, are you going to sin as a Christian? Yes. But... But, as we spent a lot of time last week, so if you forgot last week's message, go listen to it. It's not who we are any longer. And Jesus, like in 1 John, when it says, I write to you so that you will not sin, but if you do, remember, to have an advocate. Like Jesus, you all. He doesn't turn his back on us. He doesn't go, oh, look, they blew it again. No, he's interceding. He's praying. He didn't take us out of this world. No, he left us in it. But he's protecting us by his name. Yes. That's why it's vital that you're being discipled. That's why it's vital that you're growing. That's why it's vital that you're among fellowship. That's why it's vital that you are looking up and trusting in like you have died to your old self. And any reflection of that old nature. Yeah. Don't look too longingly on it. Because it wants to entice you. 
So you have to learn to be able to stand up now <coughs> in the new nature. See, when you're born again, you understand, I don't know how to live this way. You've begun this. You're faithful to complete it. I just got to follow you. Again, like I said, the only part you played in your salvation is your sin. Again, the revelation of you needing Christ, the the prayer that we pray, like, oh God, forgive me, or any time, because that's a lifestyle prayer, it's not a one-time shop deal, poof, you're a Christian, poof, you're a Christian, poof, you're a Christian, now just go and live however you want because you're sealed because of some prayer. That's demonic. But even that prayer when we pray, and it's this ongoing lifestyle of repentance, it has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with the Holy Spirit because of His loving kindness drawing us to repentance. That's how you know all of this life now is because of Christ. If you try to do it, you're going to fail miserably. And you're going to keep stripping Him down and making Him common. No, no. Trust me. When your eyes are open, wow. Born again, and you receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, that power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible said, is within us. How many of you tapped into it this week? That's the reality. See, I don't know how you're getting up. I don't know if you're just flippant. When you're just getting up out of bed, you're just going through your day. It's not whatever. <laughs> I, do you know who you are now if you're a Christian? Because it's an ongoing maturing process that's taking place in your life. Yeah. You're going to have your valleys, you're going to have your mountaintops, but Christ is with you, Christ is there, Christ is walking you through. You have to experience some things in order for you to mature. As I've been counseling people this week who are suffering from severe depression and panic and anxiety and mental strongholds and everything, other type of form of craziness that you can possibly imagine. But I thank God that I suffered through all that. Wow. Because we're going to look at the scripture in a little bit. See, you think you're suffering. So, oh, poor me, poor me. Listen, y'all, get over yourselves. Mm-hmm. Let God bring about what he needs to bring about in your life in order to impact his kingdom yes. and advance it and the temporalness of this world. Because once you can endure, he will strengthen you. And then he will send you. And that's the beauty. Because you're not living for yourself any longer. So again, when you see yourself, he wants to rise up, you better remind yourself, oh no, I nailed you to his cross. You're back there. Yeah. Oh, but can I just do it once? Can I just want It's not going to hurt anything. What's it going to matter? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say I can't do it. I guess whenever I hear Christians say that, I go, oh, you still got birth juice on you, or you're not a Christian at all. One or the other. You're still very, very immature, or you're no Christian at all. So grow up, mm-hmm. or give up. 
give up and give in to Christ. Die to yourself. Awaken to truth so that you can stand and stand there for them. Because this life, this temporal life is going to throw everything at you. To try to steer you off course. That's when you better remember what the Word of God says. He makes every crooked path straight. Yes. Twist it up all you want. I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm trusting in Jesus. Nope, I'm not going to partake of that. Nope, I don't need to do that. Nope, I don't need to speak that. Nope, I don't need to act that way. Nope, because I know none of it brings about life. No, I don't have just to go along with things just because that's what people do. Yeah. Like, no. You can love them enough because Jesus loved them enough, you all. I don't understand what we're not understanding. Not everyone came to Jesus when Jesus was on this earth. Yes, he was among the sinners. He didn't become a sinner. You know what his message was? Repent. The same message all through the Old Testament, leading up to John the Baptist, preparing the way for Jesus. What was his message? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. God's Son, the Messiah, the expected one, steps out, begins his ministry. Repent. Repent. Jesus never changed his message. When he began his ministry, you see, you've seen his compassion, you've seen him move, you've seen him get stirred up amongst the religious people. But when he knew the time, the cross was right there, he began to shift his teaching. He began to point to his whole purpose of being. Do you remember all these disciples? Remember, he had multitude. Multitude, the Bible says. And the Bible says they're disciples. Remember what they said? Ah, that's too hard for us to understand. All that time with Jesus. All that time. And now it's too hard. And so they go back. Mm -hmm. He looks at the twelve and says, well, are you going to? Where can we go? You have the words to eternal life. Have you got there yet, you all? Because you ought to get there. If you're truly following Christ. Where can I go? What is there to go back to? Unless there are many things presented to me. As they will be to you. You weigh them out and you're like, no. Like, what's back there? What on earth? Nothing can compare to him. No one can compare to him. The wholeness, the peace, the freedom. As I keep telling y'all about freedom. Like when you understand truly freedom in Christ, you're not going to settle to continue to be in bondage and enslaved to all of your junk. I just got to try hard. I just got to do. No, you just got to die. Die to yourself. And let Christ live in and through you. This is your life now. Yeah, but it's so hard. He never said it was going to be easy. This is the reality, you all. 
I just want to encourage us as we're thinking upon this one little scripture for the year. Your life is not your own. You've been bought at a high price, or with a high price, with the blood of Christ. And you're to honor Him now. Not because He forces you, or if I don't honor Him, He's going to get me. But see, when you have that mentality, oh, if I don't do it right, He's going to send me to hell. When you have that mentality, you're religious. You don't even know Him. That's what I'm telling you all. There's a way in which we ought to be living. There is a way in which you ought to be living and growing and maturing. Taking thoughts captive, bringing them to the obedience of His Lordship. Going into places, or even before we get in the car, praying. Because we're up against what we cannot see. This world system that's trying to influence us every which way we look. You are being bombarded Non-stop, non-stop, non-stop from without, from within, and from a realm in which you cannot see. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind uh, of, well, really? Oh, you laugh and mock at all you want. <laughs> but, oh, God, you better wake up. <laughs> better wake up. And what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Who cares? <laughs> like, Really? Like I used to hear some of the excuses people give me when I counsel them or talk to them. See, then you're not ready for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so you can't say that. Well, then what do you want me to say? Just pat you on the back and poof, you're a Christian, poof, you're a Christian. Everyone's a Christian. Well, that's not even biblical. Again, Jesus was on this earth. And they refused him. Oh, there were some who came, but the majority? No. No. So I'm just trying to encourage you all today. I don't know what's ahead of you this week. I don't know what you're going to have to face or what you're going to have to go through emotionally, physically, financially, family dynamics, whatever. But I can tell you this, there's only one that is in place and cannot be moved. And his name is Jesus. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And y'all don't know him if you don't. Like he can give you life. Life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And this is what you're giving to people now. People are hungry, you all. I've always said the enemy's tactics leaves people drained, empty, broke, busted, and disgusted. But when they're down and out and that little bit of light pierces in, you know what happens when you sit in darkness for a very, 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 very long time and just a little bit of light comes through? You look at it. And you'll begin to crawl, claw at it just to make it brighter have you started crawling or clawing at it because he's shining his light even today again you're hearing his word you're hearing his truth how are you going to get up from this place and go after him how are you pursuing him he used to be the lover of your soul your whole being 
He's my all in all. He should be your all in all. I'm not looking for anything else or anyone else. I just want Jesus. That is your heart's cry. And you say, when I'm not there, well, don't beat yourself up. you just sensing that you're not there. It's just the Holy Spirit awakening you because He loves you <laughs> to reveal to you, grow in this area. Come to me. I've always said if you're lacking something, don't beat yourself up. When you recognize you're lacking, it is His loving kindness that's revealing, hey, this is an area we're going to start dealing with now. Again, I said, there's some people, when they come to Jesus, poof, a radical, instant, I mean, just, that's really rare. That's really rare. Like when I came to Jesus, it was one after another after another, gradually walking me through, release it, give it to me, release it, give it to me. Yeah, there was some pushback. Yeah, there was like, look, God, really? <laughs> when you finally just keep giving, you're just like, oh, well, the load is a little bit lighter. <laughs> I'm not as down and out. I, I'm not running this way or running that way just to feel. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to mask. I'm not trying to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to whatever. All of a sudden, life is a little bit lighter. And I've always said, it is horrible that the occult, the people who are in the occult understand the spiritual realm more than Christians. The devil's got y'all sitting there ignorant. I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean? <laughs> you, ought to, you ought to know, because then you won't be so glamorous to you as you pursue it as a Christian. The cult is nothing to mess around with. I mean, they will fast and pray. They do go to churches and mingle in. They do their incantations and they do all this stuff. And you can say, well, whatever. Oh, no. <laughs> Lest you forget, Satan took one third of the angels. And you think, you think, you're not in danger? I see, you can't make this stuff up, you all. Like, you really can't. This is what you're up against. And that's why your Christianity can't be, I just go to church. What does that mean? It's a new way of life. It's how you're living. You once were dirty, now you're clean. You once were unorganized, now you're getting organized. You're a mess in your mind, now your mind is being renewed. I mean, when I think about what my mind used to be like. And I go, wow. Like, I wouldn't have changed this. But he can, you all. He can and he will. This is the hope that we have in Christ. And this is what I hope that you can walk away with today. You're not serving a God who is just a make-believe God. 
Just, oh, just another story. It's just another religion. It's just another whatever. Like, do you understand? If you're tr- That's what I was saying. You always hear me say, like, if this is your belief and your confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He rose from the dead, that alters your very being to the core and to the depths of who you are. Like, you understand what that means when you say that. Because when you really grasp it, you're not going to be so loose. With your life. Like, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And just me declaring that, I recognize why would I need to believe that He is the Son of God? Because God so loved the world that He gave His own and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life, that he came it was the purpose of him coming he came not to condemn the world, because the world already stands condemned no, he came to save it what would I need salvation for what do I need to be saved from myself, my nature not from the enemy, not even from the world system from myself from this nature that I was born into, that all of us is. We're all born into this nature that is a complete rebellion towards him. We deserve his wrath. We deserve his punishment. But Jesus, my belief is that Jesus is the son of God, the Messiah, the chosen one. (laughs) And then in that, I believe he rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. I've always told you, if you keep him in that tomb, and that's where a lot of Christians live. <laughs> this weird way of worshiping Jesus. Like he's still on the freaking cross. Mm-hmm. Or he's still in the tomb. If he's still there, he's of no use. Death swallowed him up. Do y'all understand that? Death. The enemy won. But guess what? The revelation that Jesus is the Son of God and He rose from the dead alters your life because Him rising from the dead, He's defeated sin, He's defeated death, He's victorious. He's defeated that old nature that's within you. That sinful nature, it's been stripped of its power. And the ultimate consequence of that nature, which is death, is no more. Because now you believe you've been engrafted in, because God was pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. You repented, you recognized yourself as a sinner, you recognized that I am of myself and my nature towards you, I am against you. But you came for me. You delivered me because you sent forth your son Jesus to take upon my punishment, to endure that cross, to lay in that tomb, and on the third day rise up. (laughs) And now I can come forth and live differently. I can abandon everything and trust in Jesus. 
and trust in Jesus. I hope you're there. If you're not there, may today be the day of salvation for you. <laughs> throw off your religious ways. Throw off everything you ever thought or knew and just come to Jesus, you all. Run to Jesus. Because <laughs> there's life. And so I'm not ashamed of him. No, he's seated on the throne. In place of victory. And then we're called, as we learned on Friday night, that we can boldly come. Our position is in Christ. We're to clothe ourselves with Christ. We're to live as Christ lived. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Instead of making excuses... Oh, I'm just a bad Christian. I know everything. And we do these weird things like we were mocking him. Like we're stripping him down. We're making him common. Well, not all, not all Christians are living that way because they're not Christians. Mm. That's why you can't compare. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sake, Jesus came. To his own people, the people who knew the prophecies of the Messiah, who were trying to follow the law to its perfection so that they would be right with God, and when God was before them, they didn't even know him. And they were oppressing God's people. That's what religion does. And that's why the world mocks us. And that's why we can have these weird TikTokers and YouTubers out there running their mouths about the church. Because what they, what they experienced and what they were going through, oh, it's true, it's true, it's true. Ha, 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 ha. But how sad. Because there are people sitting in churches today who are dazed and confused. They're enslaved to sin. They have an identity crisis. They're fueled with anger and hurt. Rejected. I mean, just everything going on. Sexual appetites out of control. And they don't know who to talk to. Because all they hear is that they're God. Uh, uh, and they feel like all they can do is pull away. No, that's when you come to God. And let God free you from it. But if you choose not to come to God and you choose to go with all those feelings and just run them up, that's your choice. Go. That's why I tell people all the time, listen, I'm not going to beg you to say a sinner's prayer. I'm not going to beg you to come to Jesus. You don't want to come to Jesus. That's your right. That's your choice. Then go be the best you can be. You know, no one was here. She, you would probably heard this story before. No one was in church for a while, but all of a sudden she got lured away. So when she wanted to come and tell me how this and this and that, and this nurse comes into the room, and before you know it, yada 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 yada, and yada yada this, and yada yada that, and I'm like what? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, but I'm torn. I said, no, no, you're not torn. You've already made up your mind. Yeah. 
But one thing you can't do is stay here. Now, that's just what you want to be. This is who you are. This is what you're claiming. Oh, then I can counsel you in the ways of the world. Mm. Go. Be the best darn lesbian you can be. Get out there and love people, serve people, do whatever. Just keep going. Just live life. Just be kind to people. Enjoy the life that you have because that's all you got. That's all you got. You got this day. You got this life. You got this breath. Mm. And that goes for any, any sin, any nature, whatever it is that people are entertaining and running among them. So confused over. Whatever. Go have your fill of it. But don't think it's pleasing God. Because it's not. It won't. No matter how you want to try to twist it and turn it. When the hardest thing was to pull her hands from around my neck. And tell her to go. You can't be here any longer. <coughs> Did it with love. So I've had to do with other people. many years, however long the time expanse went, I finally get the call. Can we meet for dinner? Broken. Sobbing. I just want Jesus. Praise be to God. And so people ought not to be sitting in church tormented. You either love Christ or you don't. Oh, but I love Christ, but I got this. Well, if you're loving all this other thoughts and desires and this and that and wants and needs and pursuits and all this other stuff, it doesn't just have to be about sexuality. It could just be about your gossiping. It could just be about your backbite. It could be just about your anger. It could be about whatever. Your unforgiveness. Whatever. Then go. Not that Lord over your life. Who's stopping you? You're angry because the Holy Spirit has drawn the line. And said, so that way you're going is unholy. That's why people are angry. That's why I was angry. How dare that God tell me? <laughs> Who do I think I was? Who do you think you are? Well, it's not really, really going to hurt. God, really? Did you really say that? <laughs> like everyone else is getting away with it. <laughs> like, What? Like, no. I had to deal with a young woman a few years ago. You know, first young girl, but now, you know, she wants to give in and just run amok in her lifestyle. Well, you know, stop running your mouth about the church. Uh, more respect for you if you would just shut up, silence yourself, stop blaming the church for keeping you in the closet. You chose to stay in the closet. Now you can done kick the closet door open. Get out, girl. Run them up. Go out. Go have your feel. Go be all that you want to be. And then some. But don't be an angry lesbian. Don't be a bitter one. Live your life. There's a lot of homosexuals out there that are not bitter. They're better. They, they're productive citizens. They have a right to live however they want. Everyone has a right to live however they want. The church isn't in the way <laughs> and demanding people for them to stop living the way they're living so that we can feel better when we're out in public. No! <laughs> but the church has is the kingdom of God. There is a way in which we're called to live. Yes. 
and we're called to it. And we're going to honor God in it. And we would love for you to know God. We would love for you to, to come and, and sit and hear the teachings. They're welcome to come. But we're not just going to classify everyone a Christian. No, oh, no. The sinners are welcome to come. But we're not going to pretend with people that they're saved. Oh, well, no. No. They need to hear the teaching of the Word of God. They need to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, not man. And then in due time, prayerfully, hopefully, they will stop resisting God and they will fall on their knees and repent. And what's so impactful to someone who is enslaved to sin, sitting in churches, listening, hopefully, to the gospel being preached, is when they see the lives of others around them being impacted by the message instead of looked on like they're dirty, like, oh, who brought them in here? What? Like all of a sudden we're, you know, like, what? That's weird. No, that's why you embrace them. I said, no, come, come, sit, sit. But again, we're not, we're not, we're not playing church. We're not just like, oh, everyone's saved. No, yeah, no. This is the message of the kingdom. And the same message for you is the same message for me. Because God brings us all down to the same level. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel, you all. That's how we're living out there. So we're not there demanding. I'm not fighting. So you don't go out there fighting and screaming and yelling at people. Just live. Let them see this life coming from you. And what this weird thing that Christians do around Christians, where we don't hold each other accountable. It's just how he is. It's just how she is. You know, just... Is that what is what the what? Like no, we're called to brotherly and sisterly love. Like we understand the dangers that are out there. And so we do come alongside and we go, oh no, wait a minute. Shh. honor the one who called us out. Because I don't understand. But we can honor him in the, in the times of service, but then when we're out and, you know, Sonny's are... Oh, I love Sonny's. Now all of a sudden our talk and our and this and that, it's not, it's mud. It's like, oh, now we just shut it off. But that's not who we are. It's not who we are. You know, so I've always told churches, though I never, I don't get invited like at the times I used to. You know, come in and talk and speak about what God has done in your life. And I always told them I never want to be classified as the ex-gay. Because God did so much more than just bring me out of homosexuality. Yes. That wasn't God's purpose for my life, to come and just take me from the homosexual lifestyle. I don't know. He wanted me to see that I was a sinner. Yes. The whole being, the whole core. 
homosexuality was just a byproduct of who I was, what I liked, and everything about me. I didn't wrestle with it. I liked it. Everything about it. <laughs> Never once thought anything that it's just who I was. So it was the depths. But when these pastors and I would talk, I always tell them, well, how do you talk about sin? Just from the pulpit in general. And some of them would get offended. Because if you're bringing me in just to talk about homosexuality, <laughs> but you're not dealing with adultery, you're not dealing with the gossiper or the backbiter or the thieves or anything else, then what you are doing is you are causing division. And you're making those people who are wrestling or maybe, you know, people who have family members who are, they, don't, they, can't, even, they can't even come to the church and say, pray for me because my, my daughter, my son, whoever. Because they're all just bound by shame and guilt and that's all we're doing. But it's a message for the sinner. Yes. Well, what the sin is. Because it's the nature of sin. Unless we forget, God hates it. So, I don't know where you're at today. Or what you're going to face tomorrow, or what's coming this week. But I do want to encourage you to stand. And I'm going to share Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19 with you. In this proverb, it talks about the seventh thing God hates. The seventh thing God hates are, category, are, are a catalog of sin, a catalog of sins summed up in this Proverbs. Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. I mean, 16 through 19. While these aren't the only sins that should be avoided, they do sum up most of the wicked things condemned by God. Yes. The seven things God hates are the sins that deal with deep heart motives of the individual. The writer of Proverbs points the finger straight at our hearts and our sinful thought processes. This is in line with our Lord Jesus' elaboration of the Ten Commandments during his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 21-48. Sin, and this is important, sin is committed the moment it is conceived in the heart, even before it is actually committed. Avoiding the seven things God hates will help us expose our hidden intentions and motives. The following is Proverbs' list of seven things God hates. Number one, arrogant, haughty eyes. Mm -hmm. This describes the feeling of pride and looking down upon others. When we begin to think of ourselves more highly and with unparalleled importance, we are forgetting the fact that anything good in us is the result of Christ living in us and that the old self is now dead. Often believers feel superior to other believers when they receive godly wisdom and display amazing tenacity against sin. We fail to realize these gifts were given by God through Christ and fanned into flame by the Holy Spirit and are not due to our own goodness. The sin of pride is so detested by the Lord that Paul was kept from committing the sin by being provided with a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. The second one, a lying tongue. A lying tongue is one that speaks falsehood, knowingly and willingly, with an intention to deceive others. 
Lying can be used to impunge the character of a brother or to flatter a friend. It is, oh God, hear this, a most detestable evil to God, who is a God of truth. Nothing we do causes us more, I'm sorry, nothing we do causes us to more closely resemble the devil, who is the father of lies. Think about that the next time you open your mouth. Hmm. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. This refers to cold-blooded murder. We may never have orchestrated killing someone or never have touched a gun or knife, but in Matthew 5, 21 through 24, Jesus says that anyone who is angry with someone else unreasonably without offering room for forgiveness commits a sin equivalent to murder. And John reiterates this concept in 1 John 3, verse 15. And all these additional notes will be in these lists, will be in our notes that Carrie will send out. The next one, a heart that devises wicked schemes. This encompasses thinking or conceiving, or conceiving evil against any individual or group for personal benefit or other misguided objectives, like a modern-day terrorist indulgent. Any sin is so basically any sin is basically a wicked scheme. David's sin against Uriah the Hittite and Bathsheba comes to mind. The heart of an evil man continually contrives schemes to bring others to ruin whether physically or spiritually. The next one. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. Those whose feet are quick to rush into evil display no resistance whatsoever to sin. Having many examples in the Bible and having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we are expected, hear this, you say that again, Having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, if you're a child of God, we are expected to be wise in this regard. In the Garden of Eden, Eve had the first experience of temptation. She displayed no resistance to the temptation. Instead, as soon as the devil attracted her to the fruit, she saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. Eve has sinned at that moment itself. Contrast this with the attitude of Jesus. When tired and hungry after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he refused to yield to the devil's tempting and kill the temptation in his mind without allowing it to grow into sin. So remember, we're called to resist the devil and he will flee from us. The next one, false witness who pours out lies. This is similar to the sin of the lying tongue mentioned earlier. But this form of lying is given special mention as it could send an innocent person to jail or even lead to him being stoned to death as happened to Naboth. Thanks to false witnesses instigated by the wicked Jezebel. The prohibition against bearing false witness is the ninth of the Ten Commandments. And the the New Testament is equally continued, I'm sorry, And the New Testament is equally condemning of it. Colossians 3, verse 9 through 10 explains the reason for the continual prohibition against lying. Christians are new creations in Christ. 
and as such, we reflect his nature. We have been released from our old self with its evil practices, such as lying and bearing false witness. Next one, a man who stirs up dissensions among the church or among brothers. Brothers are created by God to live in unity. Believers are brothers and sisters since they have one father and one brother, Jesus Christ. The church is also the bride of Christ. In many situations, strife among brothers and even within the church seems unavoidable. But anyone who purposely causes disruption to peace and the body of Christ will displease God above all. Since that person gives room for others to sin and for himself to sin further. Moreover, Jesus pronounced a great blessing on peacemakers, the privilege to be called sons of God. Things that God hates you all. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Can you please tell me one more time what book? Proverbs. No, no, what Bible you're using. Um, New Living Translation. In LT. Matthew chapter 16 is where I want us to head. And this is good news, you all. It's iron sharpening iron. We come to hear from the Lord to encourage one another to get up and move forward. We recognize again, we're not waiting to experience eternal life once we're in heaven. No, we're experiencing the fullness of what Christ has given us here now, even in this side of heaven, in this temporal realm. That we can live out this newness of life. So Matthew chapter 16 is where we're heading. Verse 13 through 18. If you've been around here long enough, you've heard me preach on this because to me, this, this, there's, all scripture is vital, but man, the declaration that Peter makes about Jesus, yes. it's huge. Yes. It says here, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Mm -hmm. Go out there and ask people. Hear the answers that you'll receive. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Yes. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. And that's important. Yes. The revelation of who Christ is is not something you come about yourself. It's because God is pleased to reveal himself to you. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand that because you're held accountable to this, rather you're in Christ or not. <laughs> because God is revealing himself constantly to the created being. <laughs> you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. 
You did not learn this from any human being. Yes. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. Mm -hmm. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, let's clear up some church history who likes to make the focal point of Peter being the rock. No, it's the truth that Peter established because God was pleased to reveal it to him that Jesus is the Son of God. This and on this truth, and on this rock, and on this foundation, that Jesus is the Son of the living God, on this truth, on this foundation. And now we know, after he died, because he didn't die yet here, but now we know that not only is it the belief that he is the Son of the living God, but we know and believe and confess that he rose from the dead. And on these truths and on this truth that Jesus is the son of the living God, the gates of hell, I like what it says in this translation, all the powers of hell will not conquer it. It can never diminish it. It can never strip it of its power, of its truth. Oh, it can masquerade, it can try its best. But I'm telling y'all, once your eyes have been opened, once that truly is, is your belief and your confession, like, wow, like nothing, nothing, nothing that hell comes with can conquer it. This is important, y'all. This is important to understand. Jesus begins from then on to predict his death. His ministry begins to shift. Every Go back to chapters before. He's serving. He's redoing miracles. He's providing. He, he's teaching with such great authority. I'm like, who is this man? But now at this point, the cross comes into play. And he begins to predict his death. And that's when people go, this is too hard for us to understand. And they go back. But where are you going to go? Now see, he holds the words to eternal life. The cross was always purpose, even before the earth was formed, y'all. I can't keep telling y'all that enough. Like God's love because God is love. And God is going to display His love throughout all creation, you all. Because it's all for His glory. Remember, we're to be, to be His people. We're to be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. This is how you're to be living your life now. And again, it's not that you're trying so hard in and of yourself to be perfect, because you're not going to be perfect until you're with Him, but you ought to be maturing and enjoy the maturing process. Don't try to speed it up along, try to get where everyone else is at, but don't also keep the mindset that you can just keep dripping of the birth juice and stay an infant all your life. Because that doesn't work. 
Babies don't even do that in the natural. If there was no growth, they die. And if you have no growth in the spiritual realm, you're going to be swept away. You're going to give in to teachings that aren't true, that aren't right. That's why you're eager to grow and to mature and not just go along with everything and anything and everyone. That you go, no, wait a minute. You know, some of us have loved ones that are believing some of the craziest things. And we ought to be speaking. We ought to be saying, no, wait a minute. This is not true. Because again, we're going to be standing over their casket and we're all going to be like, oh, you know? And this is the reality. And I've always told you, most people sitting in church thinks everyone's going to heaven. That's why they're not evangelizing. That's why they're not speaking. That's why they're not holding anyone accountable, including themselves. They just let people just lie around and do whatever they want. Well, they said a little prayer. I don't understand that. Where is that biblically? This is what the church has taught over the years. Remember, the enemy comes in. The enemy can stunt growth. He's captivated people. Mm-hmm. So we better wake up. I want you to go to Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> so who was Jesus talking to in Matthew? Mm-hmm. Peter. But now we're going to go to Luke chapter 22, and he's going to have another conversation with Peter. (laughs) Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32. Simon, Simon. These are Jesus' words. Simon, Simon. Satan. What, Jesus? Mm -hmm. Who, Jesus? (laughs) Satan has asked to sift you, sift each of you like wheat. Just stay there for a second. Don't rush along. (coughs) Could you imagine if Jesus, if we were followers of Jesus here and now, and Jesus was alive and we're part of this movement now with him. He's physically alive with us. Just, Just imagine. Then he looks at us and he says... Or he looks at one of us, because we're all just sitting in a room, and he says, you know, Shayla, Mashayla. Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Could you just imagine? What? I mean, I don't want you to move on in Scripture. I just want you to stay there. But now in our present day that we're living, Christ is with us. Christ, Christ is dwelling among us. Christ is dwelling in us. We have the Holy Spirit. And Satan is still sifting us. He has full access to all to the church. I want you to think about that for a moment. He still has full access. Just to get all the false teachers that are in the church. Mm-hmm. The wheat and the tares, they're growing together, you all. Mm-hmm. And individual.
individual lives, the influences, and all the stuff that's going on. Shh. It's all not that serious. You don't need to be super spiritual. Shh. It's okay. You can still do that. Just don't tell anyone. See, I'm telling you all, if you don't wake up, This is Jesus telling his followers. But praise be to God, he didn't leave it there. He didn't walk out of the room once he said that. Mm. Oh, no. Thank you, Lord. But I, who, Jesus? But I have pleaded in prayer for you. Gives me that picture, as we've heard and as we understand, that Jesus is our advocate. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and you know what he's doing? He's interceding for you. When your eyes opened up this morning, he was already continually interceding for you. For what's coming to you this evening, tomorrow, or sometime this week, he's already interceding. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, and listen, that your faith should not fail. That your faith should not fail. That your faith should not fail because all the powers of hell cannot conquer the foundation in which I have placed you upon. Mm -hmm. The truth that I am the Son of God. And I love this. Oh, y'all better perk up and see the next part. So when you have repented and turn to me again, strengthen your brothers. I mean, come on, you all. You say, well, it doesn't really hit me like it hit you. Well, then I pray it hits you soon. Satan's come to sift. Mm. Jesus has prayed. And when you fail, repent. And in your repentance, what do you do? Mm. You go strengthen others. You go strengthen others. Amen. So you think what you're enduring and the circumstances that you're going through and all this stuff that you're facing is just whatever. There's a greater purpose behind it, you all. To advance his kingdom. Because there's others who have gone through the same cycles, the same abuse, the same torment, the same insecurities, the same desires, the same past, whatever. But you're on the other side of it now because you repented. Now, you can look to the captives and say, oh, there is a way out. Yes. And his name is Jesus. And you can strengthen other believers who are enduring. They may be running great, but they're going to trip up and fall. You better be, better be quick there to strengthen them and to encourage them, to edify and to build them up. Because mm-hmm. hell is trying to throw everything it can at a believer. And if we think we're just going to be just flipping about our day-to-day life in Christ, God help us. We can't, we can't, you all. 
either he's Lord or he's not. I mean, that's just reality. And again, maybe you're sitting here today, maybe you really haven't given your life to Christ. Maybe salvation really has, hasn't been birthed within you. Well, keep coming, because I believe that the Lord is laying the foundation for you. Yes. You know? But I'm just telling you, I'm not sure why we put it off. Because again, y'all, when your eyes are open, when we truly understand how great He is, and all that He's done, and all that He's going to continue to do, and the kingdom that He's called us into, that's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's opposite day. Yes. You're not living like you used to, and if you are, die to it. That's why you must be discipled. That's why you must mature. That's why you must grow. Stop saying the same words. Stop doing the same thing. Stop being bound by the same insecurities. Stop announcing and claiming and purposing all this stuff over your life. Because you're just going to be left confused, dazed, and of no use. The enemy's just going to discard you. And you can't blame them. You only can blame yourself. Because you begin to believe the lies again. That's why it's vital that you're abiding in Christ, that you're remaining in Christ. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Get in the word. That's why the word has been preserved for the church. Because it's his living word. It's truth. It pierces us to the very depths and being of who we are. Yes. And it exposes everything. And when everything's exposed, then what, why are you hiding? Why are you trying to keep it? <laughs> why are you trying to hold on to it? Mm-hmm. God exposed it for a reason, for you to get rid of it. I'm not to live that way any longer. That's not how I'm to go anymore. It's not how I'm to say anymore. It's not how I'm to think anymore. Why am I thinking these thoughts about me? Why have I put myself over here in a place where I'm broken, busted, and disgusted, lonely, depressed, this and that and this and that. And that's not, in my, that's not even an identity of a believer. And yet, I lived there many years as a believer. But I repented. Yes. I'm up now. Amen. And I'm strengthening brothers yes. and sisters. Thank you, Lord. See, you know, I don't beat myself up over You don't beat yourself over Just get up. Just repent. Just turns and then how then now shall I live? All this from my past, my daddy issues, my mama issues, <laughs> my this or my that. That's in the past. Yes. How much longer are you going to hold them accountable to it? Because mm. as long as you keep holding them accountable to your past, you're still defining your future by it. Mm. Not them, you. So your daddy issues and your mama issues, like you just got to let go and let God, you all. Forgive, forget, move on. And this is just the reality. People are hurting. People are lost. People are dazed. People are confused. People are, are, are running amok. And yet we're, supposed, we're to be the ones who are supposed to have the truth that sets the captives free. That's why you're out there sharing. Instead of using your mouth to curse, and I'm just not talking about bad words, 
I'm just talking about cursing your own life. Cursing others. <clears throat> this and that, this and that. The way things are just spoken over. No, no. Raining in. That's the Holy Spirit to tame your tongue. And there's a way in which we're called to live, you all. And it's to honor God. It's to love God with our whole being. Because I'm telling y'all, when you see Him, when you know Him, when He's revealed Himself to you, like, oh man, God. Like, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in this earth. Because it's, it's spiraling quickly, 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 quickly. There is such a clash of darkness and righteousness happening yes. on this earth. Y'all can just see it. <clears throat> I mean, even the people in the occult and other religions, they see it. <laughs> so I'm praying for a few people that I know that are still in there. That it'll awaken them truly to truth. Because every now and then I hear them slip in Jesus. The name of Jesus. Bobby Pop. Remember him? Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, Lord, bring him and his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to be saved. I'll have to fly out the meeting. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm just telling y'all. Things are happening. <laughs> and, and we're living in a season that you were purposed for. Mm-hmm. So stop having the enemy keep his foot on your neck and keeping you down. No, you flip the table. Mm-hmm. Because of Christ, your foot should be on his neck. Mm-hmm. And you should be going forth victorious. Not because of you, but all because of Christ. Yes. How I began this, the time with you all today. Yes. It's all Jesus, you all. That's why you can't depend on yourself. It's all Jesus. So it's, it's why it's not a new message to preach every Sunday. Every Sunday and every time we're together, it's Jesus. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, the life that, that we have in him is Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, and more Jesus. And if you get tired of Jesus, well then, Sorry. something's wrong with you. Because this is all it is now. Jesus. I'm going to close this with this last song of worship and then I'll close this in prayer.
Yeah. 